Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. These people who have the gift of giving prefer to give without pressure or fundraisers. You see, they give not because they've been pressured, they give because they want to give. So when somebody gives up and they start pressuring them, it normally turns them off because that's not why they're giving. And we'll see later, people are very good at pressuring. They know exactly how to do it. They know how to tweak our buttons, all of us. People like to complain about churches asking for money. Even those in the church sometimes gripe about what they think is an unbalanced focus on finances. And sure, if you look at the TV preachers, that seems to be their main interest. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the supernatural gift of giving today. You'll learn about the biblical concept of giving. Pastor Mark will show that giving is more than money. You'll learn more about these special givers and how they benefit the body of Christ in many ways. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series called Motivational Gifts. Romans chapter 12. We're on a series of motivational gifts. There's seven of them. If you're a Christian, you have at least one. And more likely, one main one mixed with one or two others. You will see yourself as we go through these motivational gifts. You're gifted by God to serve the body. Notice in verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. They're grace gifts. You didn't earn them. You didn't ask for them. They were given you when you were born. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, in other words, if it's the gift of giving, then let him give generously. What is the gift of giving. I heard somebody teach on this once and I thought it was perfect. As they got started, they said, we're going to teach on giving tonight. So would you open your wallets to Romans? <laughs> and I thought that's classic, isn't it? No, we're not asking you to do that. But what is the gift of giving? Those of you that get nervous when you hear this, relax. It's fine. The gift of giving. It's the God-given ability to understand Maybe even the word perceive would be better. The material needs of others and then meet those needs generously. Now, 
The word giving that's used here in the Greek means to give over or to share or to transfer some of the stuff you have. It's not just about money. Understand that. It's not about money. So when we talk about the gift of giving, one of the things you have to pay special attention to is this. You're going to say, well, I should have just stayed home because I'm not rich. I certainly couldn't have the gift of giving. No, it has nothing to do with the amount. It has to do with the heart. So many of you do have that gift mixed in with the gift of service. It isn't like, well, if you make six figures a year or you're a multimillionaire, then you have that gift automatically. Could be, may not have. And you'll see how that works as we go through. So don't isolate yourself out and say, I make $33,000 a year. I couldn't have this gift. No, that isn't about that at all. So the word means to transfer or share things that you have. Notice it says, if it's contributing or giving to the needs of others, then let him or her give generously. Well, what does that word mean? In the original, it means this, with simplicity, with sincerity, and with liberality. In other words, it's not a big deal. It, the giving motivates you. You see the need you love to give to other people. Now, when you look at Mr. Potato, what is the gift of giving? It's really the arms of the body. It's the arms of the body that are able to reach out with things and give to other people. The hands were service. The arms are able to reach out and give. You say, well, do I have this? We'll go through the characteristics, but let me just give you some things that may sound like who you are. I give generously and joyfully to people in need. I actively support organizations that help the less fortunate. I am usually frugal in my spending so that I have extra to give to others. If a little of that sounds like you, this is going to be your motivational gift. Now let's go through the characteristics, classify these, and show you how this works. Before I do that, let me just make a statement or two, and then we'll go to that. Some of you may think that this is the problem in the church, well, if I get through here, Pastor Mark, then I don't have the gift of giving, then phew, I'm off the hook. Well, no, you're not off the hook, because there's some basic things that all people do. No matter what gift you have in the body of Christ, number of things, and you don't need to mic them down tonight, just to remind you. Number one, God is the owner of everything you have. Everything. Number two, God is the one that gives you the ability to have stuff. It all belongs to him. Number three, God's word, I believe, says that we are to give him 10% from the top, no matter where you got it. 10% from the top is his. And as you do that, you do it generously, regularly. You do it with a heart of, thank you, God. You only want 10? I get to keep 90? Not like this. I got to give you 10? See, it's the wrong attitude. So when we talk about the gift of giving, you say, well, phew, I don't have the gift of giving, so I guess I don't give. No, that's not correct. Here's the problem in the church. I'll share it with you very honestly. We don't talk about giving that often, but I think you need to understand it. You remember when we started the Sermon on the Mount, one of the key phrases Jesus said was this, don't be like them. Don't be like the world. But what do we find today? Well, we find that the divorce rate's about the same in the church as it is the, the world. So we're like them. 
if you follow people's lives in holiness, many times there's very little difference between the world and Christians. Well, it's not supposed to be that way. The language, the way we do things, the way with the movies we go see, whatever. Jesus said, don't be like the world. Well, how is the world in giving? In general, the world in giving to God or agencies or whatever is very small, 1%. That's pretty much true in the church. The average giving in the church is somewhere around 1% or 2%. Well, does that hurt a church? Sure. If your boss said next week, you know, we're a little short in cash. Instead of you getting for every $10, I'm going to give you a dollar. You think you'd have trouble by the end of the week? How about if you think you could even get to work with the gas the way it is by the end of the week? Now you have to fill up. You know, you have to sell your car to fill up. Did you notice? It's amazing. So I'm just trying to challenge you to understand what happens. Our world... Because we don't give, you guys give wonderfully, but do you know that probably 30, 40, 50%, because I don't know directly, of the people that come to this church, that call this church, give maybe 1%. They don't tithe by any stretch of the imagination. And you know why many of them don't tithe? One reason, this isn't a teaching on money, but I wanted to tell you. One reason. You know why? Because they're in debt. And they don't know how to handle their money. Now, who caused them to be in debt? Their lack of discipline and Satan's options to say, here's the way the world does it. So our Christians are in debt just like the world's in debt. It's the wrong thing. So understand that's a challenge to you. You know, there's all kind of tapes in the media ministry. If you want to get out of debt, we can help you. We can do all those things. But I want to challenge you that when we go through this gift of giving, it isn't saying like, well, I don't have that gift. I'm okay. No, no, no. All of us have a starting point. And we give to God because he loves us to give. Now let's go through the characteristics because quite a few of you actually have the gift of giving. You'll see that. It'll make a lot of sense to you. Number one, this person loves to give freely of money. It's not just money, but money, possessions, time, and talent. They're able to manage their resources, this person with the gift of giving. They love to do and to give of their time, possessions, talent with no Strings what? Attached. Anybody ever give anything to you with strings attached? Oh, yeah. They may not have said it, but you knew it. And you're not comfortable with it. So these people aren't like that at all. They're not looking for anything in return. They just love to give because that motivates them. They know they're just simply a channel for God of their time and their talents and their possessions and money. They just love to give. Bottom line, it isn't the money. It isn't the wallet. It isn't the gifting. It's themselves. Whatever's theirs, if they can meet a need, they just love to do it. When I go through these, you'll recognize people. You'll know exactly who these people are. Number two, the person with this gift really loves to give secretly. They're not really motivated by applause. Some of us were raised in a church. Were you ever raised in church? Who'd like to give a thousand tonight? Go ahead. You can raise your hand. We'll we'll take it. No, I'm just joking. Some of you don't know that. That's the way we used to raise money. Oh, Sister Jones, a thousand. Wow. And Mrs. Smith over here gives ten. Thanks. Anybody remember those days? And see, we did the wrong thing. We thought we were doing right. But the person with the gift of giving, 
They hate that. They want to give secretly. Now, you know, and of course, maybe you don't see it as much, but from time to time, people will say, somebody gave this to somebody here in church, or they gave a car, or they did whatever, and they don't want it to be known. You say, well, that's false pride. No, no, no. This is the gift of giving. Because they know that somebody else knows. And who is that somebody else? It's God. Now, their motivation then isn't coming. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Their motivation isn't because they're getting this public acclaim or their name goes up on a board or that they bought a row of seats in the church or a brick outside. It comes because they're doing what God told them to do. Matthew 6, you remember it very much. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. In other words, you already got your reward. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you many times openly. We'll see that. Now remember, the Sermon on the Mount is all about the heart. So it isn't about the mount. It's about the heart again. It's about the attitude. A person that gives tithes and offerings and alms, they don't give it to just, well, I'm forced to by God, or they don't give it publicly to show. They give it because they want to give. They love to give to people. And remember, what Jesus is really saying is there, don't try to make yourself look good. Make God look good. That's the one who you're after. Do the thing with the right motive. All right, number three. Desires to feel a part of the ministry. Specifically in a fellowship, when a giver makes this financial gift or even a gift of their talent or time, they feel like they're giving part of themselves, which they are. They've invested themselves, whether it's talent or gift or money or whatever, and that brings joy to them. It's just a way that this gift of giving can be in all kinds of ways, non-financial ways, as I said. Remember that. And they just see that as that they're a vehicle and they're giving to the Lord of their time, talent, money, whatever, because they know that even the talent they have has come from the Lord. And they just love to give. So they're doing it because they know that a body's like this. And that the way this body functions is everybody does their part. And they just love to do their part. And they know they're part of the body. They don't want somebody to go, wow, look at that gift. Wow. They're not after that. Or look at that talent. No, they just want to be part of the ministry. Number four, exercises wisdom and frugality. Exercises wisdom and frugality. You're in Matthew already in chapter 6. Skip on down to verse 19. Now, every time we've taught, we've taught about who is an example of someone with the gift of giving. Well, obviously, Jesus fits them all, but there's a number of them in the Bible, but one of them is Matthew. You remember, initially, Matthew was a tax collector. He was able to make lots of money. He had that ability. But after his conversion, amazingly, he seems to be... Well, more than any of the other writers of the Gospels, if you read his 
Gospel, the Gospel of Matthew, he speaks more on money and wealth and possessions than anybody else. He offers counsel on it. We'll read about that passage in a minute. He talks about we just read in secret. He gives us an understanding of the use and the misuse of money. He's the one that told us about the wise men bringing their gifts so that Joseph and Mary could use them in those years down in Egypt. He's the one that gives details about Judas and his money. We have the parables that we'll study about the hidden treasure, the pearls of great price. Right here, you're going to have a warning against storing up treasure on earth. And there's another one, remember, talking about taking care of our relatives financially. So Matthew is invested in this, and he's thinking about possessions and giving. It's part of his life. It was a huge part of his life before. He kind of thinks that way, so many people believe he had the gift of giving. Look down in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what do we understand from that? Very simply, givers are good at handling money. They're usually cautious and can be called conservative, or if you'd like to use another term from time to time, tight. How did some of them have so many resources that they could share? How did they get that way? By being tight. They learned how to use those principles, and with those principles, they simply are able to give back to the Lord. And you'll see in a moment, you'll hear me say this probably two or three times, it's fine. Very often, in the financial area, people with the gift of giving have the gift of getting. Now, you don't see the gift of getting in the Bible, but that's really true. Now, here's something else. If you're married... And your spouse has the gift of giving. I hope you, as the other spouse, has the gift of getting. (laughs) If not, there's trouble. If both of you have the gift of getting and you're not givers, that's bad. If you both have the gift of giving and not one of you is a getter, that's also bad. So turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Remember, I think this is interesting. Matthew was a tax collector, then he got saved. He was free with his money. How about Zacchaeus? Same. Zacchaeus, former tax collector, meets Jesus. What's he become? Easy come. Now it's easy go because he met Jesus. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. Remember, he asked Jesus to come over to his house, and it says after Jesus ministered to him, he accepted the Lord. It says in verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. Why did Jesus say that because you see if God has your wallet he's probably got your heart when Zacchaeus who would have never done that before God because he cheated people out of their money he knows he did he just says I'm a changed man the money isn't a big deal anymore I just give 
Number five, has the ability to make wise investments in order to have more money to give. This is exactly what I was saying a few moments ago. Very often, these people have the ability or they have the gift of getting. They're, they're simply good at making money. Just think for a moment. I'm sure you know people that have that kind of gifting. You hear them and you say, where in the world did you get that deal? How would you find that property? Where would you get that? You got that airplane fare for what? They have that ability. They have the God-given ability. And as they do that, they seek to save and invest it. And the reason they do that is not for themselves, but to give more. The person that's a giver knows that the money they have is God's. And they want to be a wise investor. By the way, I remind you again, every dollar that you have is God's. And you're a steward of that money. How you give it, where you give it, what you do with it. Many of these people early on learned how to save as a young person. And their parents taught them the principle, which is almost non-existent today, the principle of compound interest. It's still as powerful today as it was 50 years ago. But most of our kids don't understand it today. One reason. They have nothing to invest because they're already in debt. So instead of gaining 5 or 6 or 7 or 8%, which compounds itself incredibly over years, they pay out 9 to 18 or 20% in interest the other way. And by the way, that's very true in our church as well. That's what happens. So as a parent... I challenge you with this area. What do you, I'll challenge you a number of times with giving. What are you teaching your children by your habits? You want them to be self-sufficient and move ahead. That's what you want to do. So teach them these habits early, these spiritual habits early that they are really investors of God's money. Number six. These people who have the gift of giving prefer to give without pressure. Or fundraisers. You see, they give not because they've been pressured. They give because they want to give. So when somebody gives up and they start pressuring them, it normally turns them off. Because that's not why they're giving. And we'll see later, people are very good at pressuring. They know exactly how to do it. They know how to tweak our buttons, all of us. And so they don't like this at all. They're turned off by that. They give because... They say, God, what do you want me to give? And that's what I give. I'm not interested in that. Now, how important is it that we hear from God how to give? I think it's incredibly important. I was listening to Charles Stanley talk, and I thought it was a very appropriate illustration. It was a true illustration. He said one day uh, he was sitting in the office, and somebody called him and got through to him. How that happens a miracle, because he didn't know the person, and the person didn't know him. But anyway, they're talking. And the individual says, well, I hear you on the radio a lot. How come you never talk about money or that you have needs? Don't you have any needs as a church? You know, you can hear Charles Stanley in the background going, you ought to be kidding me. Sure, we have needs. And he says, well, we do, but we don't promote it in our radio program, which I honor them for. 
Pastor Mark in his teaching today told you that these gifts that God gives aren't because you're cool or wonderful, but because of his grace. You were told that the gift of giving is about more than just money, talents, and time. They're things that can be given as well. Pastor Mark also reminded you that not having the gift of giving doesn't let you off the hook for giving. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching about the gift of giving. You'll hear more about the personality characteristics of people who have this gift. Pastor Mark will talk about the responsibility of every Christ follower to give to God from everything that they have. You'll be reminded about the source of everything you have and the importance of holding things loosely. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.